0: Welcome to the Gingsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming out on this very cold, windy day. It's good to see each and every one of you. And welcome to those worshiping online. I know that we have a lot of people online today, and thank you for joining us. My name is Dennis Miller, Senior Pastor of the Church. And I'm super excited about this new series that we're starting this morning, entitled Modern Love. For the next four weeks, I'll be preaching this series where we instead of looking at what Hollywood says love is, we'll be looking to the practical truth of God's word. We're gonna cover everything from dating all the way to surviving the empty nest. And so today we're looking at dating. I do ask for your prayers today. I've been under the weather the last couple days, but God has resurrected me to be here with you today. And I have these words that I want to share with you as we jump right in. Now, by a show of hands, how many people are old enough to remember, or you remember the reruns or watch it on YouTube, The old TV game show, The Dating Game. Yeah, The Dating Game. It aired way back in 1965, but new episodes have been viewed from the 1970s, the 1980s, the 90s, and even the 2000s. Very popular show where you would take usually a woman and she would interview three bachelors. She could not see them. They would be behind a wall. But she would ask them questions, and at the end, she would make a selection who to go out with on a date paid by the game. Usually an expensive or nice restaurant in Los Angeles somewhere. Well, several years ago, CNN reported the revelation that creepy contestant, now get this, serial killer, Rodney Alcala. Have you heard of this? won the dating game show. There, there he is there on the actual show. And w- when he won it, he was actually in the midst of a several-year killing spree. Now, the woman who selected him still lived. Be- she was not one of the victims because after meeting him, she got bad vibes and she talked to the producers and got out of the date. Later, it came out who he was and he was arrested, he died in prison and all that. But it's a reminder, you've got to be very careful who you select, friends, to go out with on a date if you decide to play the dating game. Now, seriously, in regards to searching for the right person to date in life, how do you know who to select? that you're not making a bad decision. That's what this message will talk about today, although I think there's some practical truth for all of us here, whether we're dating or not, whether we're in middle school or whether we are a senior. Now, I can look back upon my childhood. It seems like many, many years ago. But when I was in kindergarten, if you like someone, how you showed your affection was basically violence. (laughs) I mean, we'd be out on the playground at recess and I really liked someone, you would tackle that person, maybe pull their hair, you know, say something and that was a way of showing affection. But then throughout elementary school, we started to pass notes. Anybody remember that? This was before texts, young people. This was before, you know, social media. Do you like me. Check yes, no, or maybe. (laughs) Now, by the time we reached around 12, we started going out or going with. I mean, we weren't going anywhere. We didn't drive or anything, but you were going with someone. You were going out with someone. But it seemed like it got even more complicated from there. And maybe you're in a situation today where you just do not know how to Find someone you don't know who to date and you are not really into the internet thing and you are tired of people fixing you up on blind dates. And so you find yourself dreaming that your encounter will be something like on a Hallmark movie. (laughs) You'll be in the hardware store and you'll just happen to run in, catch the other person's eye. Or maybe you find yourself these days spending more time produce section at Kroger's <laughs> or maybe it's just taking your dog on long walks in the park hoping that this would be the time that you would find someone how do you play the game game how do you wisely choose a spouse how do we go about it and the question then as believers here in the room does God have anything to say about this there's not a lot in the Bible actually about dating as we know it here in the 21st century. But I believe that God does have some good words for us today from the scripture. And I want you to know right off the start that I don't claim to be some dating doctor, some expert. I'm not a Dr. Phil wannabe. You know, the truth of the matter is I've only dated one person in the last 31 years. (laughs) But I think I've done pretty well (laughs) with that date. So what I want you to know is that everything that's going to be said today and actually the next three weeks does not come from some tall guy who thinks he's an expert on dating or relationships. It simply comes from the practical truth of God's Word. My underlying principle and conviction is this. I'm a Christian pastor. I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a shepherd and the elder of this church pointed by the bishop, really by God, to be your pastor if you decide to come into this place. And so my job is not to teach from the Reader's Digest or from People Magazine. My job is to teach from this book here. And I believe that this book contains not only all things necessary for salvation, but it contains the practical wisdom and truth of God's word, the written word for us today. I believe 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Would you look at this scripture? All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So it's my job, the very best I can, to teach from this book because I know that someday I'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and I personally will have to answer to the things I taught from this stage. And that humbles me a little bit. And so that's where I come from today. Now, be, be assured I'm not here to tell you or anyone who to date or who to marry. <laughs> that's not my job. And I think it would be wrong for me to do that. My job is simply to do my very best to be faithful to scripture and be a pastor and to share wisdom from God's word. And then you get alone and you begin to pray over these things that you have learned and that you get alone with God and then also your partner, your friend or your your dating partner and to begin to talk about these things. No matter what, no matter decisions, and I think if you've been hanging around this place very long, I think or hope you know this, that you are welcome here, you're loved here, and you will receive nothing but love from me, no matter the decisions that you make, and you always can find a place to belong but also serve at Kingsburg Church. Let's jump right in. Now, let me give you three basic principles if you wanna play the dating game. If it's not you personally, maybe moms or dads, your young ones would want to hear this as well as you can share this with them. First of all, determine the parameters of your search. Determine the parameters of your search. If you're looking to meet someone that you're gonna possibly spend the rest of your life, you've got to determine the parameters of your search. And I wanna encourage you to, to search in the right places to search in safe places, as the Bible says. Check out with me the wisdom of the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Underline that. Keep your feet from following evil. Look in the right places to find people of character, the ones that you are going to meet. Sometimes he will come to me as a pastor, and I've been doing this for 30 years, and someone may say, I just don't understand my husband. (laughs) He's never at home. He's always out drinking with his buddies. And you start talking a little bit, well, how did you guys meet? He says, well, we met in a bar. (laughs) Or, you know, pastor, she's cheating on me. And I asked the question, well, how did you guys meet? Well, we met when she was in a bad marriage and I helped her get out of it. Or, I don't understand him. He's always looking at other women. Well, how did you guys meet? Well, we met when I was a waitress at Hooters, you know. Search in the right places, friends. Or I, I don't understand. All she cares about, all he cares about are superficial things like how I look or my credentials or my job status, my profile. Well, how did you guys meet? Well, we met on Tinder. She, he swiped up after seeing my profile. You see, the Bible says to mark out a straight path for your Stick to the path and stay safe, meaning to look at the right places. It's not guaranteed that you'll find the right people, but you have a better opportunity to do so if you are looking for people that would match your your character as well, or the qualities that you're looking for. Around the time I was married, a guy by the name of Neil Warren wrote a really helpful book entitled Find the Love of Your Life. And in the book, he said, your choice in whom to marry is more crucial than anything else combined you will ever do to make your marriage work. That's why it's so important that you do your homework up front And you hang out in the places that would bring the kind of people that you are looking for. Big picture number two, look beneath the surface. Look beneath the surface of people. Would you read out loud from 1 Samuel chapter 16, part of verse 7. This is a very familiar passage. Many of us have heard this for many years. The Lord doesn't make decisions the way you do people judge by outward appearance but the lord looks at a person's thoughts and intentions he looks at their heart and so we live in a world that looks on the cosmetic that looks on the outward but god doesn't look that way and so we are to look beyond just the shell into the real person because we want people to know the real us the the real me as well. And so, then, this passage that we've highlighted for today, 1 Peter chapter 3, 3 through 4. Don't be concerned about outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Now, I want you to pause right here. That scripture does not say that we can't uh, dress up. It doesn't say that we can't wear fine jewelry. It doesn't say that we can't wear nice clothes. We can't have nice hair. It doesn't say that. That scripture doesn't say that we shouldn't take a bath, that we shouldn't wear deodorant, that we shouldn't brush our teeth. I wanna, I wanna encourage you to do that. <laughs> but what it is saying is that Don't be so consumed with that that you miss the true beauty, the inner beauty. Look beyond those things because it's beyond those things that you will find. If you look beyond the things of this world, you might find something of treasure. Now, there's nothing wrong with admiring a person's beauty, there's nothing wrong about admiring how handsome. A person is. I mean, attraction is natural. And uh, actually, you know, I, I, I think that we need to be attracted to that person. I know that when I'm standing up on the stage, my wife, you know, I, she is so probably overwhelmed with my good looks and all my muscles. Oh, no. No, I didn't tell her to do this. <laughs> That wasn't planned by the way, but see, see, she, I'm just so magnetic, she, she just can't contain herself, right? <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> so here, but listen to this. God is not gonna have you marry someone you're not attracted to. Some of you right there are saying, thank you, Jesus. Right? Because it, the, the truth is though, That has to be much more than that. There has to be something. And so, you know, all these things on the outside, they're fine, but they don't last forever. It doesn't matter what kind of fancy restaurants we go out on a first date. I mean, Rick Johnson took Kate out to Burger King on their first date, (laughs) right? And here they are years and years later, amen, strong. (laughs) So beyond all the things the world says one must do, there's something greater. I think we need to look what lies beneath. And so I came up with some questions. I hope these will be helpful. If you wanna play the dating game, that you will, at least in your mind, if you are looking for the right partner that you'll ask questions over time. Maybe on the first date, but you'll, you'll begin to ask questions, okay? Ask this about the person you're going out with. What does this person talk about all the time? Because I think that you'll get to know a lot about a person through time by just listening. Do I enjoy this person as a friend? Could I enjoy spending time with this person if we would abstain from physical contact? If we had no physical contact whatsoever, would we still want to hang around one another? Is there mutual giving and sharing? Not just one giving all the time. Well, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Let's do what you want to do. But there's mutual give and take. Do they serve other people in any way? How do they treat their parents? That's a good question. How do they treat the marginalized? Are they only nice to those who are popular and can benefit them? Or are they nice to everyone? even if they can't get anything out of it. Is there any aspect of his or her personality that you cannot tolerate? (laughs) Now, there always are things, but just know that's gonna be magnified over time. They're on their best behavior when they first start going out, right, with you. Here's a great one. Do I feel encouraged, affirmed, and challenged by this person? Does this person stretch me? And one more, do they share the remote control? I mean, those are kind of questions that you you need to ask, right? Questions that go beneath the surface of a person's outer appearance because if you don't go beneath the surface now, sooner or later in a relationship That's all gonna come out. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter seven, when he says a good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit. So sooner or later, you're going to know. Now let me go to the big one here. This is just for the Christ followers in the room. I know that we have other people who just are kind of investigating and I'm glad that you are. There are some non-believers that even listen to these messages for different reasons. But I'm speaking to the Jesus followers here, that Jesus is the Lord, the leader of your life, that Jesus is your all in all. Here's the question to ask. Do they love God? Do they love and follow Jesus Christ? Meaning if that's the most important part of your life, you need to be over time asking that question about the individuals that you date. Now in the past, people have come In general and said something like this you know Miller you know we're just the perfect match pastor I just want you to know that we're a match made in heaven we're two peas in a pod I said great that's awesome tell me about her oh man you should see her she is something else she's such a beauty I just melt when I think about her. My heart just about ready comes out of my chest so much. We have so much in common, you know. She likes pizza and I like pizza, she likes football and I like football. She likes motorcycling and I like motorcycling. She likes bowling and I like bowling. She likes to travel and I like to travel. We finish each other's sentences and we're just a match made in heaven and I say, that's great, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I pray for you. Blessings for you. And maybe after a while I may just kind of throw in, well, what's her relationship with God like? Well, you know, we've only been dating a year and I just Don't really know that yet. We haven't really talked about it. But we've driven by a couple churches on Friday night on our way out to eat a couple times. My friends, I just want to say as a pastor that you cannot take that through the filter of God's word and come out the other end. You you just can't do it. You can try to do it. Listen. Listen. God wants us to be able to share the most important part of our lives with the most important person of our lives. And if God is the most important commitment that you have in your life, but God is not the most important part of your partner's life, one of two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to miss out once you're married, on a shared intimacy that you could never have because what's most important to you in Jesus and your spirituality isn't the most important. You're just gonna miss out. And that's the best case scenario. But let me just say this. Some of you know Rachel and I pretty well now, or you're getting to know us over the last year and a half and we have a lot of things not in common. There are a lot of things that we like to do even separately because we have different passions. But you know what the glue of our relationship is. You know what holds us together. You know what keeps us strong after 30 years. You know why we're best friends? It's because we have our faith in common. It's our whole world. And even if times would get tough, it's always our faith that keeps us going forward in a real authentic way. It's our faith. And Christ that will keep us together and we fully expect that one of us will look at the other person in a, in a casket someday because we're committed to life with this thing and the best case scenario is that you'll just miss out on a shared intimacy but a worst case is that you may be drawn away now, once again, I want to be very clear here because this is not a message of discouragement. I'm not telling you to break up with her or not marry him. That, that's your decisions that you make. What I'm saying, just as a pastor, is for all people not to rush into anything. Uh, Take your time, develop friendship, go on group dates, get to know one another. Don't be in a frenzy about marrying someone because you think your time is slipping away or you have a biological clock because there's something worse than being single and wanting to be married. Do you know what that is? It's being married and want to be single, right? Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. That's where the common phrase we have here in our culture, fools rush in, comes from. So what I'm encouraging you to do is just be friends. <laughs> Take a step back, relax, excel, excel. Build your relationship on mutual respect and communication. Share life together. Discover one another. As people, create the image of God. Remember as well that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So respect yourself and respect the other person. As the scripture says, flee sexual immorality and build a relationship based on character and trust. Don't focus on the external, but focus on something deeper. That's the word from the pastor today, amen? Big principle number three, fall in love with the lover of your soul. This is the whole ball game right here. This is for everyone, whether you're single or married, whether you're 12 or whether you're 92, Fall in love with the lover of your soul. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Now, if that's true, if your heart is the wellspring of life, then we've got to be very careful to give it first to the one who matters most. And that's Jesus. Because deep down within all of us, we really just want to be loved. We want to be accepted, we want to find purpose, we want to find meaning in life. And if you look for a person to fill up that void, a void that only God can fill up, then you're asking someone else to do something they cannot do, something they weren't created to do. Only Jesus can fulfill that void. I mean, if you're not content when you're single with yourself, then you're not going to be content when you're married. I mean, if you don't know that your self-worth is wrapped up in what Jesus Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago, then even if you get married, you're going to be struggling with self-esteem issues the rest of your life. Because, you see, you're asking someone to do something they can't. See, we think if we're lonely that our problem is a horizontal problem. But really it's a vertical problem that we have. Now finding the right mate, finding the right spouse can be icing on the cake. It can help us along the way but it can never be what our heart is really longing for. Only God can heal our soul. So I think that great, you know, I like movies too, I like romantic movies, I watch the Hallmark movies too, but I think that that line from Jerry Maguire towards the end that's real famous, you complete me, is actually false reality because only God can complete you and me. Let's look at one more scripture, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Now, I want to give a very quick closing word before we get out of here today to married couples. Some of you have been married for maybe 40, 50 years, and you're thinking, oh, man, I wish I would have heard this message 40 years ago (laughs) because it seems like I blew my one and only draft pick. Well, don't think that way, okay? That's why I'm doing this series, because maybe the truth is that you're not with the wrong person, it's just the two of you need to do a little work. You both need to grow. I know Rachel and I need to grow. We all need to grow together in God's Word. We need to grow as individuals. We need to grow as a couple. And that's why we're doing this series over the next. Next week, I'm going to talk about treasuring our spouse and being very intentional to learn, not to look at our own interests, but the interest of our spouse. What does it mean to honor children? We'll do that in two weeks, and then we'll talk more about the elderly years and what we can learn and how we can not just survive those, but thrive in those when all things are new. I pray what you'll take away from this message today is that our worth, who we are, can never be defined and shaped by simply another person. But we can find who we really are and we can find what we're really worth in a relationship with the one who matters most. the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, today, as we gather here, we are bombarded by messages of what love is from magazines, from movies. But Lord, we come back to your word today, your word that speaks life to us. And I pray for every single person in this room that they may find life fully in you And then the relationships will just spill over from that. And I pray for every couple in this room, whether dating or married, I pray that you will unite them in your love that never lets them go. For we pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingamsburg app or online at gingosburg.org.